Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker, longtime Kentucky beat writer, and coming to a new website near you very soon. In the meantime, if it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, Curtis and I will be talking about it here Monday through Friday every week on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kyle, there was a kind of a big football game that happened in Gainesville. <laughs> Kentucky snapped a little bit of a streak. Uh, I just, overall, I mean, we're going to break it down as, as much as we can in our, in our 30 minutes here today. I mean, we'll talk about Benny Snell, Terry Wilson. I'll make fun of Kyle for loving Felipe Franks. I can't even say his name. Um, that's how much I just kind of want to talk about it because there's so much to get to. Um, but overall, Kyle, what impressed you the most? Uh, I think, um, let's see, what did impress me the most? I, I, I think a, a, a couple things. I mean, Benny Snell is like the obvious, like, but we knew Benny was really good. Um, I think this was a real statement game for him, though. He didn't have a great game. Of all the good games he had last year, he didn't have a great game against Florida a year ago. Monster game, 175 rushing in this one with some huge decisive runs. I mean, the offensive line gets a huge credit. But I think probably what impressed me the most most was a combination of the staff not wavering with Terry Wilson and Terry Wilson not wavering um, with his first half turnovers. I mean, fans were ready to cast him overboard. You know, turnover Terry was taking over the the interwebs uh, by halftime, um, and those were a couple bad turnovers and one cost him points right before the half. I get it. Um, but you also saw, and I tweeted at halftime, you also saw they're down three at the swamp, and this guy has made some plays that not a lot of Kentucky quarterbacks have made, not a lot of quarterbacks in general can make, uh, under duress, plays that would have been sacks or negative yardage that he turned into positive yardage or huge plays. Um, I think you saw the electricity that he could bring, and, and I think it was important that they stuck with him. Um, that they, I think you said a uh, good thing Eddie Grand checks Twitter at halftime. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I just, I was impressed that they didn't, you know, have a quick hook and, and, and we just talked about it. Mark Stoops just talked about it. And we talked about it on the podcast. He said, um, you know, in addressing the Saban quarterback stuff, he said the exact right thing, which was, you know, they both did some good things, but I don't want to have a short leash with my quarterbacks. And, and it was very important that he didn't, there's no, I, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, there's no way they win that game if they switch quarterbacks at halftime. Yeah, I think um, Terry Wilson made some enormous plays with his feet, with his arms, threw a beautiful deep ball. Um, I think the play of the Lynn Bowden era for 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 him. Um, you know, people have been waiting for his, you know, really huge moment, and that was that was it. The decisive, I guess, turned out to be decisive touchdown um, on that deep ball from Terry Wilson. That that to me is really kind of what jumps out at me. That they were patient with him. Um, it didn't seem like they. Uh, you know, uh, put the brakes on him. I mean, he didn't throw it a ton of times, um, but they took so they took some calculated gambles, shots down the field with him, um, and they let him be who he is, which is a guy who's really, really slippery. And so I, I was ve- I was just very impressed by that. And to consider that's his second major college football game outside of JUCO ranks, um, to go out and do that in the swamp in that moment, in that pressure, with the streak on the line, and make a couple early mistakes and still play that way down the stretch. I think really bodes well for what Terry Wilson can be and what the offense can look like when he really gets rolling. 
on the Bowden touchdown catch, he had an awesome quote that was tweeted out by Derek Terry of the Cats Balls. Bowden said, he threw it. I thought he overthrew me, but I had to remember I was fast. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was just, just, a- and just <laughs> Yeah, and just ran under it. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think this is too far. Oh, wait, I'm really fast. Um, I, I mean, it's it's listen, sometimes you just got to remember how fast you are. I mean, me and Lynn Bowden both have that. That thing going for us. Yeah, I think mean, I think it, that was an important recollect, uh, realization for Alan Cutler many years ago. As as uh, Billy G tried to, to sprint away from him down the hallway, I think that's going to be in his forthcoming book uh, as a chapter called "And Then I Remembered I'm Really Fast." <laughs> um, so, but good good for Alan. On, from a, like a just real quick on the numbers perspective, um, Terry Wilson goes over 100 yards rushing, first Q, UK QB to do that since Jalen Whitlow. I mean, obviously, that's not super surprising considering who the quarterbacks have been the last couple of years, and that's not a knock on those guys, but they were they were not runners. But, I mean, his passing yardage, you know, 11 for 16 for 151, the two touchdowns and the pick, that's enough to get it done. If he can continue on that kind of trajectory and do those things, and, you know, as we've talked about on this podcast, he doesn't have to be Tom Brady, you know, slinging it out uh, in the short field every once in a while. With the way the offense is set up, he just has to hit one or two of those deep balls a game, and Kentucky's offense is going to be exactly what they need it to be. Yeah, and that's what we talked about in, in kind of handicapping the race earlier on was, you know, why is he the guy? Because that's where they're the best. Pound the ball with the running game, make opponents respect it and cheat on it a little bit, and then you catch them, catch them with a few of those home runs a game. And then when you add the wrinkle, which Stephen Johnson did every now and then, but this is a whole other level when you add the wrinkle of, um, the escapability and the breakaway threat that he is in the running game. Um, that is, that is all they need, in my opinion, to, um, compete with just about everybody in the East. And it's notable. Um, I think the cat's paws tweeted out today and, and it's kind of a strange wording on the total is I totaled up to 11 wins total, but the, the, the overlying point is, uh, now, after last night, Mark Stoops has won his last meeting or more. In some cases, he's got two or three game winning streaks or four against South Carolina. But he's won his last meeting or more with every team in the East except for Georgia. Yeah, that's, and I think, that's, imp- that's I think really impressive. And, I mean, it's something that I don't think many people would have anticipated a couple years ago with Stoops. Yeah, and that, like, they've, they've become very competitive with the rest of the East, you know, other than Georgia. Um, and Florida now Florida's off that list and I think this recipe offensively which with what appears to be a really solid defense is everything they need to compete um, in every east division game maybe with the exception of Georgia yeah I would agree with that and you know with Terry Wilson and his legs that that I tweet think I tweeted it out during the game but you know he's fast, and we've heard all about his legs. I mean, they're the quotes about, you know, Oregon doesn't recruit slow guys and all those things that, you know, you've kind of heard. You didn't get to see a ton of it in the first week. But when he made the read and pulled it and then ran for that touchdown, or he just left Florida players in the dust. And we can all agree that this isn't, you know, a classic Florida team that would have competed for a national championship or even an SEC championship. But Florida always has guys that can run. And for yes. him to just kind of make them, leave them standing still and make them look like, you know, they were average athletes is something that I don't know Kentucky has ever had at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, you could have made an argument that last night uh, Terry Wilson was the most electric athlete on the field. And 
you know, that's to take nothing away from Benny Snell. I think, but I think even Benny would say he's not winning a foot race with Terry Wilson. Yeah. Um, Benny was just a, a, a powerhouse running people over. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about, yeah, we've got, we've got to talk about Benny and we've got to also really talk about that offensive line. Cause that was one of the We're, more dominant and impressive performances by that group in a long time at Kentucky. We're going to do that next, um, but first I want to tell you two quick things. One, we got a new sponsor. We're going to give you more information on them uh, later this week. We're going to meet with them, but just a quick shout-out to LexStartNutrition.com. They're on board with us. We're going to be telling you about that in the upcoming ex- episode, so stay tuned for that. And go if you got some time, go check out LexStartNutrition.com and get some information, like a little bit of uh, pre-homework for you to do. Um, but also, football season is here uh, and, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is I don't know who's going to win. Well, actually. We did con- on this one. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> did know. We both did pick Kentucky to win Florida. Um, but normally I don't know. And normally Kyle makes terrible predictions. But if you do, if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate the offer. That's ONCOLLEGE. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use that promo code on college when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Benny Snell, man. I I don't know what the most entertaining part of Benny Snell. I'm going to start real quick just to get it in here, Kyle. The away from the field stuff, like not actual game. One, he tweets out that picture where his head is photoshopped onto what I think was the crocodile hunter where he's wrestling an alligator. Yep. Two, which was just funny in and of itself. Two, his post-game interview on the SEC Network where it wasn't even when he was being interviewed. It was when Terry Wilson was being interviewed, and he's just jumping around in the background. He's just so full of energy, and that went meant so much to him. Um, but what did you see from him in this game? I mean, I saw a guy who can really stake the stake his claim to, hey, I'm the best running back in the SEC, which he has said out loud. And, you know, he led the league in rushing last year, and he's going to be right in the mix again this year. I think what's that put him in 125 and 175, so 300 yards rushing. Pretty good. Two games, not bad. Um, he ran hard. I mean, he, t- he basically decapitated a guy at one point. It was trying to, to make sure he got the first down, and there was a defender kind of meeting him right on that yellow line, that marker, uh, and he just uh, absolutely flattened him. Um, and that's the way Benny runs, just, you know, like with his hair on fire. Um, I just think he keeps kind of getting better and better and more confident, and they, they, they believe in him to an, uh, an unbelievable degree. Uh, I think at one point one of the analysts last night said the thing that stands out is, I think it was Jordan Rogers, um, that when, when Benny goes down, his pads are never facing the sideline. They're always facing north-south. He's always got his shoulders squared up, you know, welcome, welcoming the contact, delivering the contact. But he's also got some, some wiggle and some moves and some, some runaway. Uh, what do you have, like a 40-something yard run early in the game? Yeah. And if you go back and watch that, he sort of stutter steps and loses his guy and gets to the sideline. 
um, gets gets his speed up. I, I'm just so very impressed by Benny Snell. I was texting with a lot of different people last night during the game, um, writers, some fans, different people that I, I'm you know in contact with, and I, just sort of approaching the idea of like Benny Snell is Kentucky's best player since. Um, I think he's their best player since Randall Cobb, probably. Um, obviously, Bud Dupree is on that list. There's there's a few others. Boom was a really fun player, but best, most dominant, most dangerous, most got a game plan for this guy player. I mean, probably probably he's their best since Randall Cobb. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, specifically, if you want to narrow it even a little bit more on the offensive end, I don't think it's that's that's probably completely accurate. Um, I, I mean, the one play that everybody has been kind of making its way around social media is where he just leveled the dude and plays like that. And it it is just incredible that he can get extra yards in so many different ways, it feels like. Initially, you may, maybe in the first year, kind of just seems like he was a bully. But now he's breaking outside and doing some of those runs, running up the sideline, doing just impressive things. His, his speed has been, I think, shown off a little bit more. Obviously, he's never going to be the fastest guy on the team because they have Terry Wilson. Um, but I think right. he, he's kind of like opened up uh, his game a little bit more this year, and they're they're trying to pass it to him a little bit more. I think that's, in all honesty, uh, from a passing standpoint, maybe his pass catching is his only weakness at this point, and it's not a huge, huge weakness. But I mean, he he does everything everything right, and it just seems like uh, uh, I don't know what more you can say about him. You just got to credit him all the way through, but. I will stop and say that he he himself, I'm sure, gives a ton of credit to his offensive line, and they had an awesome game as well. Yeah, and that was to like the I think probably the endearing or the enduring uh, image, the lasting image from this night for Kentucky that was so great for so many people, fans, players, coaches, administrators, everybody. Um, to me, will be the image of a howling, thrilled, joyous John Schlarman uh, receiving a game ball from Mark Stoops and, and the players howling in delight around him in the locker room afterward. Um, that's a pretty emotional image. Uh, he's a guy who's from Kentucky, a guy who played at Kentucky, was a very, very good player at Kentucky, who has never beaten Florida like every other uh, Kentucky football player of the last 31 years. Um, home here coaching his alma mater has been part of this grind from day one with stoops trying to build it up from two and ten to five and seven to seven and five and having near misses against the gators um and then this summer being diagnosed with cancer and he is i believe uh jen smith of the herald leader had a story today or last night um that he actually had a six-hour chemotherapy treatment on tuesday and then as he has been doing um, returned to campus and coached his team in practice and stayed after to work with guys extra on the field. Um, and he made the trip, and he was you could see him throughout the game on the sideline, you know, running up and down and shouting and, and teaching and celebrating. Um, and his group, without a doubt, if you're, if you're talking about position group, um, that's the group that is the MVP of the game. As good as Benny was, as good as Terry Wilson was, uh, none of any of that is possible without what that offensive line did. Bunchy Stallings had one of the best blocks in Kentucky football history, probably, or at least most enjoyable for the fan base when he um, got out wide and just absolutely 
pancaked a guy at full speed to open up a big run down the sideline for Benny Snell late in that game. Um, one of the kind of help decide that game. Um, but across the board, they were just mashing people. When you run for 300 yards against Florida, not to toot our horns, but on our podcast last week, before the last podcast before this game, you asked me how do they win, and I said run it down their throat, and I think they're susceptible to that. That proved to be true. Um, but the offensive line was just really, really good, about as dominant as they've been in an SEC game, much less on the road, much less against a team you haven't beaten in three decades. Um, they just mauled people, and then their position coach, who is battling cancer and going through chemo and coaching after, after them, um, to stand in the locker room as a Kentucky-born guy, as a, uh, a U.K. alum, and, and get that game ball was really I, – I can't imagine how special that was for Schlarman. Uh, and honestly, just to see that picture, um, that, it was very moving to me, yeah. knowing what he's going through and, and how happy all those guys are for him. Yeah, I don't think you know that was just a special moment. And you know, Logan Stenberg tweeted out some stats, and I don't know where he got them from, but I'll believe him because I'm not going to call him a liar because he's a big scary dude. Kentucky rushed for 303 yards. That's 7.4 yards per carry. They had zero sacks and gave up zero pressure. I mean, that's just an unbelievable day from an offensive lineman's perspective. Uh, uh, Drake. Jackson. Yeah, I don't know if I buy. I don't know if I buy zero pressure because there were many times that. Uh, well. That or a half dozen probably times that Terry Wilson was going, if it had been a different quarterback, was going to get sacked and hey, he wiggled out of it. It's but, a team game. It's a team game. That's right. So everybody but he gets credit. But he didn't, and he and they didn't have negative. They didn't have a, a really many or any negative uh, plays, and and there's a lot of credit to the offensive line for and that for sure. We hadn't even mentioned Drake Jackson, who got a ton of praise from the commentator, specifically Cole Kubelik on the sidelines. There, he he had a really good game as well. I mean. It's just an it's a, an impressive unit, and it'll try to transition me into this point. And then after uh, the next uh, break here, I'm gonna, we're going to go to the defense real quick, and then wrap. Um, but Kentucky, you know, going in to what we started the the earlier this year before camp started, I, I would I would guess to say if you're listing off linemen, offensive and defensive, Kyle, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm just uh, counting the the three up front, not not Josh Allen, but. Landon Young, Josh Paschal, and Quentin Bohanna, I think could you could make a case they are the three best linemen Kentucky had coming into this year. Obviously, Landon Young's out for the year. Paschal is still out uh, with his own cancer situation, and I'm probably anticipating he might be out for the year. Bohanna got hurt early and missed almost all that game, and the lines were still able to be good, and actually better than good. They actually won the game for Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it was... I was very impressed kind of across the board that they could sustain some injuries and sustain some, some guys going out and, and play like they did. I mean, we should mention he's not a lineman, but we should mention Cash Daniel here. Well, let's, about, um, I'll tell you what, we're going to break down the defense uh, okay. here in a second, Kyle. Uh, but first, I wanted to let everybody know that football is here, and that means fantasy football on FanDuel.com. It's never been more fun or easier to play. I actually played in a little college game uh, last night. That was fun. I lost, but I was in the top 80%, so I'm feeling pretty good about myself after making a winning prediction on that game and then doing decent in fantasy sports. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place for you to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe me? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. 
All you got to do is, actually, that's probably not going on right now because the NFL season started. But let me tell you this. There's a ton of other free games on there, including I just entered a regular fantasy one for the one-week thing. I, let's see, who did I pick as my quarterback? I don't think I picked Andy Dalton, but I think the Bengals are going to do good this year, Kyle. So <laughs> get in on all this action, um, but here's what you still can do. If you go to FanDuel.com slash on, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit. So that's just free money right there. You can bet on some fantasy sports. That's uh, FanDuel.com slash on. I'm on there, so come play with me at FanDuel.com slash on. I'm a little jumbled, Kyle, because, I mean... Breaking a thirty-one game losing streak, you don't know. You don't know what to do with yourself sometimes. But the guy who did know what to do with himself was Cash Daniel. Dude had an awesome game. Yes, he was really good. And we talk about guys that it means something to uh, another, you know, in-state kid uh, who decided to come. You know, U.S. Army All-American could have gone anywhere. Decided to come be a part of, you know, and and. Uh, Drake Jackson falls in that category, as does Landon Young, even though he wasn't in this game. But guys who decided to stay home, play for the, the school they grew up loving, uh, and try to help this, uh, this state sort of get to celebrate football again because it's been a kind of a, um, a, a rough time wandering the desert for this program and this fan base. And, um, you know, you, it was clear John Hale of the Courier-Journal posted a video and I agree with him. He said, if this is the only thing you watch from the night, watch this. And it was just uh, Cash Daniel almost going full WWE wrestler uh, in his post-game excitement. And he almost dropped an F-bomb, and an MF bomb. He did stop himself, but he just, and he said, I'm sorry, I'm just so excited. You know, and, and it was a great, you know, great clip where he was saying, we just went to the swamp and beat Florida. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know. I think that sort of feeling that was flowing out of him is how everybody felt. Because, I, And that's the other thing we haven't really talked about here. I, I tweeted several times during the game, and people you could see people, other people tweeting it, knowing it was true. It was like this fan base has been so sort of abused by disappointment that it was much of it was convinced that Kentucky would still find a way to blow that game when they're up 11 with eight minutes to go. Um, and then Florida scores a touchdown, and, and I think people were just uh, definitely dreading what might come. Uh, but to finally break through, you could see that relief and excitement and almost just, I can't believe that happened from Cash Daniel. Um, and yeah. so that was cool to see. I mean, and he's been, uh, you know, I was skeptical. I, you know, I, a lot of times when these guys come out from, you know, smaller schools in Kentucky where, you know, maybe they're not playing uh, elite competition and we know kind of the reputation of uh, high level how many high level or how few high level recruits come out of Kentucky um, some of these guys they come they get highly rated in-state guys and then they just they can't live up to it uh, and I was a little skeptical of Cash Daniel I will admit at the at the SEC level but he's been really good and he was really good uh, last night 11 tackles a tackle for loss a quarterback hurry was was um, I mean he came in there early in the game yeah. it was really really was, flying to the to the football flying into the backfield and, and impacting some plays I mean I've heard a lot of people you know people who actually play, you know played college football said that after that hit it kind of seemed like Frank's ha- didn't ha- want any part yeah, of yeah he yet. was a little bit yeah. uh, not like shaken up or anything but I mean you know he, he kind of hesitated a little bit and I mean I know that's your boy Felipe Franks um but <laughs> it, you know he he wasn't uh, for as good as he played before you could kind of see what he was and here's the thing 
that I think the Kentucky defense and most UK fans would agree. A Kentucky defense can make an average quarterback look have made average quarterbacks look really good. He was an average quarterback, and they made him look average. I mean, yeah, I mean, a guy who threw five touchdowns against a much lesser opponent the week before in, in a half, um, you know, former elite recruit and got a great quarterback coach in Dan Mullen, uh, came into that game with some confidence and then looked really from the jump very rattled. And, I, I, you know, I thought at times it looked like he was frustrated with his offensive line, as I would have been in his case. Um, but they were really getting after him, I think, officially credited with uh let's see kentucky only officially credited with two sacks um one of them was pretty big at the end of that game uh with with uh josh allen coming in with the strip sack that led to a bizarre touchdown uh but they had two sacks only four tackles for loss and four quarterback hurries uh i i thought they got the they were close to him or hurrying him a lot more than that, and it made him uh, a little bit skittish and jumpy. And I think that was probably a welcome sight for Kentucky fans who are used to seeing, like you said, sometimes average quarterbacks just sit back there and pick them apart. That play by Josh Allen, who had, I, th- I thought had a really great night. I mean, he he was in, uh, you know, pass defense, had a pass breakup. I don't know if he was officially credited for it or not, but you know, broke up that pass to the back of the end zone. And and his sack. I mean, his versatility is just becoming another weapon for the UK defense. And that end of game play was something. You know, you saw it. Uh, Bud Dupree did it against South Carolina. It's your playmakers finish games, and he ended the game by strip sacking uh, the Florida quarterback. And then it was just kind of <laughs> the, the hilarious hilarity ensued, where you know uh, Devonte Robinson picks up the ball, kind of jogging around, and when they showed the replay. It was funny because he was about to toss it to the official, and twice the, he yeah. double clutched it twice. The, the official wasn't in screen, but I'm it, I'm I'm kind of visualizing in my mind because I've seen that play before, where the official kind of like backs up and doesn't look at it, and then after that happened, you know, Stoop starts yelling at him to go to the end zone, and he almost doesn't get in, but the way the offensive lineman who was just kind of like running around with him, with him the whole yeah. time, <laughs> the way he tackled him, he fell up, like over him, and then when he fell over, his the ball was in the end zone, so it's a touchdown. So how cool is it for him, um, who he's another Kentucky guy, I think. I mean, so he gets yep. to score the, the game, a g- g- game-winning, game-ending touchdown. That's got to be an amazing moment for him overall. Yeah, there were some, there were some uh, I think probably that does make it even more special for Kentucky that there were some homegrown guys that had huge roles. You talk about the offensive line coach, Schlarman, uh, Cash Daniel, um, Drake Jackson, and he did. He really played very well. Um, he... he uh, another U.S. Army All-American that they were lucky enough to have right here in their backyard, and it looks like he's going to live up to that. He he looks like a very, very good college center. Um, and uh, Devontae Robinson, I think he's from right here in Lexington. So, um, you know, Adrian Middleton, another in-state kid, played really well. Um, yeah. th- they actually had quite a few guys that are from right here in Kentucky that, that uh, helped, helped them get that job done, so. And then, of course, the uh, the Ohio connection certainly paid off as well. And how about Dave? I mean, speaking of, how about our our boy, either Bouvier or Bouvier, <laughs> however you want to say it. I just call him Bouv. Uh, with you know another huge, very good touchdown catch, uh, two for two. He had one catch in his entire career, three years. The former walk on, and now he has two in two games. Uh, that that's just what a phenomenal story that kid is. 
Oh, I don't think there's any question. He might be the, the story of the year, the touchdown catch in every game. It's just unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish. And you know, you mentioned the Ohio connection. It was really cool to see Darius West get a key interception that kind of stopped a Florida drive that if would have ended in a touchdown like the next one did, that would have made the game even more kind of antsy for Kentucky fans. But he gets that pick. And, the, I mean, the thing with him is coming back from all those injuries, I honestly can't even remember how many times he's broken his leg. I think it was three, including once in high I think school. So yeah, it's crazy to see him to be to be part of that moment. Um, so I mean, there were just there's so much to go around, and you know we're gonna wrap this one up here, Kyle. Um, but we'll be talking about this the rest of the week. Uh, we're gonna hear from Mark Stoops. He'll be back uh, on Monday, so we'll record the next podcast after he uh, speaks to the media Monday. We'll have more reaction. We'll talk to players on Tuesday. We'll get all that and share that with you guys. Um, but in the meantime, please go. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On UK. Like the Facebook page, just search Locked On Kentucky. Um, and we mentioned the new local advertiser a couple a little bit ago. If you're interested, I think Kyle now would be a pretty good time considering this football team looks looks to be on to something. If you want to get involved in this, email us LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com and we'll get you some info about your business and spreading the word on that. Kyle, how can they follow you? They can follow me at Kyle Tucker underscore SEC. And one thing I would say that we will definitely talk about as the week goes on is we haven't today is putting this in some context. How yeah. big of a win was this for Mark Stoops? Uh, how big was it in the quest to get fans bought all the way back in? How, how will it translate to ticket sales? Uh, and where, you know, where does this thing rank in terms of the, the biggest, most important wins in, in modern Kentucky football history? And I think we have to catch it in modern because – Back in the Bear Bryant days, and they were going to to major bowl games. It's a little different uh, time and era, but uh, it, as far as modern Kentucky football goes, this is this is pretty high up on the list, I think. And we'll talk about that as well. So to get in all that, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whichever one you call it, or whatever podcast player you're listening. Also, we tweet out the links on how you can listen online if it's not showing up in your podcast player, and if it isn't, just let us know. We'll try to get it up there. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch. And however you're listening to the podcast, please rate, subscribe, uh, review it. All those helps in the rankings and things. And then share it with somebody else who you think would enjoy it. Because I'm sure a lot of you people out there really enjoyed that win. So I'm sure a lot of you out there would enjoy hearing about us talking about that win. And we're going to be doing that for all this week. And we're going to be mixing in any kind of big Kentucky news. So thanks so much for listening to Locked on Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon.